0: This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Sorab Kora and George Mavros from Sydney.
1: Good evening to everyone who is joining us from Sydney and again welcome to our Daily Dose podcast uh, on Thursday. Generally on Thursday we are discussing about foreign diplomacy, but this time we thought of touching upon the special theme of what's trending in Australia, since both George and I are covering this podcast from Sydney, so I thought of having uh, something special towards Australia as well. And we have had quite a lot of political drama in New South Wales in the last one week after the resignation of the New South Wales Premier, Gladys Bajiklian. Now, before we start off that discussion, I also want to congratulate all the people in Sydney and New South Wales who have done a tremendous job in the last four months to get us out of this lockdown. And finally, on Monday, a lot of new freedoms are coming for all of us. We can go to the pubs, the bars, and whatever freedoms we were looking for in the last four months are coming finally to us after we reached 70% double-jabs yesterday. So congratulations to all of you. It, it is not possible uh, without everyone coming together, without the community, the government, all come together into that thing. Now, um, anything special that you're going to do, George, on that first day of 11th of October? Well... I'm actually not a person that goes to the pub
0: as a regular thing, but I might actually just do it for the heck of it because I haven't been able to do it at all. Um, And um, uh, as you know, my lovely wife's birthday was last week and we couldn't celebrate it uh, on the 2nd. So we might just go out and have dinner somewhere.
1: Yeah, that sounds exciting, George. I would love to be a part of that dinner once, you know, I can come (laughs) to that side of Sydney as well. Uh, But to touch base upon what's happening in New South Wales, quite a lot has happened since the time, you know, we did our last podcast on Thursday. After that, there is a dramatic turnaround of events in terms of who is taking charge in terms of the NSW Liberal Party. Now, the the whole situation is revolving around this one individual whose name is Daryl William McGuire, and he's a former Australian politician. Who was also the NSW Legislative Assembly. He was representing from Wagga Wagga for the Liberal Party from 1999 to 2018. And what the independent commission have revealed that he was in fact involved in some sort of land sale to property dealers which was worth $330 million and in return they paid him a $700,000 commission which he uh, intended to use in paying off his debts which, unfortunately, the Premier was also aware of, and that's why they had to summon her in that case as well. What's your initial take on this, uh, George? Um, Well, yet again, we've seen somebody that's done
0: such a good job in many other areas uh, come undone for another reason. Um, There's a few points that's worth mentioning so that everybody actually just stops and has a think about it. Number one, the corruption inquiry did not tell her to stand down. That was her choice. I'm not suggesting that she, she could have easily done something else, but she did have the choice. She could have stayed in the position and she could have said, Normally, I would stand down, but in this situation, I'm not going to. She could have stood down and said, "I'm going to actually stay in the Parliament for a bit longer and and see what happens with all of this." She chose not to. so the they didn't they didn't get her to step down. Everybody's saying is they forced her to. well, for mine, You have to accept responsibility for your decisions, okay? The other side of it is um, that I've seen so many people put up a post about tall poppy syndrome, tall poppy. This has got nothing to do with tall poppy syndrome. What this has got to do with is somebody may have had a gross misjudgment. Now, not saying she has because we don't know yet because the thing hasn't hasn't been um, gone through. But but whether she was a tall poppy or not has nothing to do with it. What 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 it's about is did you breach certain conditions, right? Um, did you breach certain rules? So whether she was a backbencher, a front bencher, a side bencher, or a no bencher, or the premier, none of us are above the law. That's how I see it at the moment.
1: Absolutely, George. And unfortunately, when we even look into that phone conversation, she seems to have been aware of what is happening in that deal. And she did not say a yes or no to that. But again, she was aware of what was happening in that situation. And that's what, yes. I would challenge it. you on that. Her, her words do not indicate that
0: she was aware of that deal. Because she said, I don't really need to know about the details, right? So what I'm saying is that phone call, in my eyes with her, does not prove that she was aware of the deal. But I'll tell you what it did prove. I'll tell you what it did prove. That she didn't bother to find out whether she should be aware of it. So let's, you know, you know, I'm very particular about, telling the truth, telling lies, misleading. Uh, I've called out a few politicians on that, publicly. That phone call does not prove that she did know, but the words that she spoke does prove to me that my Premier didn't think it was important to say, hang on, hang on, hang on, you better tell me about this so that I need to know whether I should take action or not. That's what her words actually do, and that, to me, is a worry. That is like a policeman saying, well, I don't think you should open up the boot because if there's something in there that's illegal, I'll have to do something.
1: That policeman
0: should say, whether you're my lover or not, my mother, my brother, my sister, my aunt, whatever, open the boot because that's my job. And she is supposed to care. She is supposed to know
1: absolutely and you know nobody can undermine the kind of work she has done in the last two years because we should not forget that she has gone through the time when we faced the unprecedented bushfires followed up with followed up with a pandemic that was unknown to us a COVID-19 pandemic as well as you know these kind of unprecedented situations um, which nobody expected before so I think That is something which she needs to be appreciated of, but again, this kind of a case uh, also undermines her role in a lot of sense. And possibly, um, I don't know, George, um, I might want to know your comments on that as well, that a lot of politicians around the world are trying to undermine the power of the independent institutions once they try to summon you or once they try to investigate you by saying that they are not independent enough to do that. And that's what happened here as well. If you, if you look at some of the allegations have been there that the timing of this case or the timing of uh, the media release that happened from the independent commission of corruption was a bit political as, as stated by the liberal leaders and that the commission's potentially lengthy reporting timeline um, had made her position untenable. Now, what do you think about this fact that is there a, is there a notion for the politicians to undermine the independent institutions after they do that to make them feel irrelevant or make them feel that their arguments are political okay so
0: i'm in i'm i'm in the middle of taking some people to court over a property deal that action has been going on for 2 years the court the court finally decided that, that we had to do certain things and when that came out, it was the worst possible week for me to have to sit down and write all of that information. And do you know that court never rang me? That court never said, hi, George, how are you going? Um, does this fit in with your schedule? Because the court doesn't care. Nor should it care. The court is going through its process, right? Now, this is another thing with this thing with with Gladys or anybody else. If if you believe that the system is broken, or you think it's taken too long, or whatever, then talk about that. Talk about that. But 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 to say that to say that oh they shouldn't have brought it out. That's so what. Is there any level if they believe that she was actually um, um, stealing the petty cash money? Should they just let that go because she's busy, or should they should they say, well, look, why don't we just we'll, we'll leave this until till when is a premier not busy and when somebody please tell me when is a good time for a premier to have to step down because if if that job is so unimportant that only, only through COVID and all of that, it doesn't really matter. There's something wrong with that job. So did they take too long? I don't know. What's the information that they had? And again, you know I've used this analogy many, many times. It's amazing how the people behind the wicket or sitting in the grandstand are so clever at telling what the batsman should do or shouldn't do. So... Oh, ICAC took too long. Okay, what did they go through? Oh, I don't actually know. All right. ICAC should have done this and this. Well, how do you know they didn't consider it? Oh, well, I don't. ICAC, ICAC. All, all the people that are saying this, oh, and isn't it amazing? I don't know whether you happen to notice this, Sirup, but the ones that are most offended by the timing, hmm, happen to be the people in her own party. Did we expect them to say anything different? Did we expect all of the Labor people to say this is a terrible time and all the Liberal people to say, no, it's a brilliant time? Yeah. The politicians bring the politics into independence, not the independent.
1: And and this discussion can, you know, really go on and on. We can have a couple of hours of discussion as well on this topic. But what I want to know, you know, also tell and communicate to the audience that, again, we are not here to discuss or take any particular sides. We are here to discuss about facts and we are sharing independent perspectives on this particular topic without taking any particular sides because we think that a constructive discussion will always lead to um, some sort of valuable results that can come out of this discussion to whosoever is listening to us. And they can also develop their own perspectives. Everybody is open to share their own perspectives in that regard. Now, these are just perspectives of George and myself, which we are sharing here. Um, also, George, I want to know about this interesting thing which is going on in the media. What's next for her in terms of her political career? Because many feel that it's not the end of her career and she might be thinking to move towards the national level. Uh, do you think is, it's too early? Is this jumping the gun at this moment? Well, I, I
0: may I may live to um, embar- be embarrassed by my my statement, but I do not believe she'll go international. Not, and if she does, it wouldn't be anything under five or so years. She's just come out of one heck of a, a bun fight. She's like, um, and and I, I just want to reiterate a point that I make each time when I talk about her or any other liberals. Um, i am historically and traditionally a liberal voter so i am not bagging her because because i'm not a liberal voter i i am i am as independent of my judgment as i can be um but i i can't uh, until until this is resolved she can't she can't do anything because if she felt that she could move into federal she would have stayed as premier if she felt that she could move into federal, she would have stayed on the backbench until this is over. So uh, until until this is resolved, um, she's in standby mode. But I would be very, very surprised if she would do that at, at, because um, I'm not sure that you want to go from being um, the Premier of New South Wales to um, just one of the many in, in federal politics. I don't think she'll leave I don't think she'll leave the Liberal Party. I, I think she'll I think she'll she'll try to do as best she can to help uh get more equality for women and that'll be a good thing. Um but despite what many people think, um she can probably pick up a damn sight more money with a lot less aggravation um in business now than she could in, in the in the going back into that process. Yep. And can I can I just make one other point on this, Sarab. We're focusing on Gladys. I've seen a lot of people come out and say, uh, Perite is the worst thing, and Perite this, and Perite that. And he said his beliefs guide his judgment. And everybody's gone up in arms. His beliefs obviously would guide his judgment. The same as if he was an atheist, his beliefs would probably guide his judgment. The same if the same as if he believed in little green men, it would guide his judgment. You cannot divorce yourself from your internals. Now, when we say that it guides his judgment, he still is there to represent the people. So I would certainly debate and argue about his, his ideas that um, abortion should be banned and all that sort of stuff. But... But to say that somebody can't be there because they happen to believe in God, um, that's the same as saying, well, some the rest of us that do believe in God say that you, you can only be there if you believe in our version of God. Well, you know, that's not good enough. You've got to be a Muslim. No, that's not good enough. You've got to believe in Buddha. No, that's not good enough. Like, obviously, people from all walks of life are in politics. And the other thing is it's a bit of a damnation on the rest of the cabinet if this bloke because he's far right or far left or top middle second row whatever they want to refer to themselves as what you're saying is everybody else in that party doesn't get a vote doesn't count well i'm not sure that sort of works
1: yeah many have um, even criticised uh, many have even criticised him to act as a crusader of the hard right faction of his own party that he leads But again I don't think you can define anybody even before he has started to work Um, and considering the fact that he has already shown some sort of abilities to lead while he was a treasurer so he has already been a treasurer of New South Wales during a crisis situation not to forget that Um, you know considering how difficult it was to balance off with those kind of things happening in the last two years with bushfires and COVID-19 pandemic coming into picture. But nonetheless, it doesn't give you a reason to escape away. Uh, it's more about how well you can lead the state through a difficult crisis. That's what defines you, a good leader. And his his time is yet to begin. His time has not even begun yet. Well, the other thing is that the suggestion that's being made about
0: the, the major, major concern about his... Um, his religious beliefs and the impact that that's going to have. So that means that we we must assume that the majority of people in his electorate believe in his version of far right Christianity, because he didn't get he didn't get elected by by not having the majority under our system, be it first or preferential or whatever. So so there was enough people that said that bloke from the Liberal Party, that bloke in total, I'm going to put my vote that way. Now what if you if you take all the all the rhetoric that's going on at the moment, everybody that was an atheist shouldn't have voted for it. Everybody that was a non non-far right Christian shouldn't have voted for it um i would i would like to know what the percentage of the population is that fits into the same category as perrottet
1: because i think it's a few more than what he needed to get elected yep that's true george in terms of the religion point of view some people have also pointed out at this major challenge now if you look at earlier this week two people were ahead in the race of becoming the premier one was the treasurer dominic perrottet and also the planning minister Rob Stokes. So both of them were leading in that race, but both of them faced this challenge of, uh, you know, forming a leadership which can actually lead those cross factional majority MPs within their own party, which the former premier was able to do quite successfully. She was able to cater to the interests of those competing groups and, you know, stabilize different groups uh, working within her own party and also the coalition. Now, how does it look like after she has left?
0: I personally don't think it's any different. Um, he he had to get elected by bringing a collective of a majority of votes. Um, I think he won 39-5. So does that mean... Does that mean that thirty nine out of forty four New South Wales Liberal people are far right Christian? I don't think so. I don't think so. So he has he he has to be able to do enough things in other areas for somebody to say, look, I don't agree with you on that, but I do agree with you on enough things that I'm going to support you. She she's the same. She had to. When she was when she was premier, she had to she had to get enough people to back her, and and this nonsense that, that the the premier or the prime minister makes the decision all on their own. Um, I seem I seem to remember Malcolm Turnbull thought that was the way to go, and Tony Abbott thought that was the way to go, um, and that didn't work out so well because what happened was the rest of the party said, you know what, time to go, so so. But why would why would the rest of the party vote him in thirty nine five if thirty nine out of forty four didn't think that was the better option?
1: Yep, that's that's true. You have a point there, George. Uh, definitely, um, and I think most of them have voted because of the fact that he has the ability to lead. Uh, the state in a way which will take us away from the kind of effects we have had after the former premier left us. And there needs to be some stability in terms of the political power we have at New South Wales. Um, Also would love to discuss uh, with you relate to this fact that at the end of the day, whenever there is a big business deal in place, and that's what one of the news reports quoted that whenever there is a big business deal is, is in place, the corruption is inevitable in that case. Do you agree on that, or you know what are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, it, it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting statement. Um, there's actually, there's actually probably a lot more people that will steal a dollar than there will that will steal 10. There's more people that will steal 10 than will steal 100. There's more people that will steal 100 than will steal 1,000. It just goes on and on. And the reason for that is because the smaller the amount, they think, oh, it doesn't really matter because it's only this amount. Now, somebody that is corrupt is corrupt. Somebody who's a liar tells lies. And they generally don't pick the level. They just, that's who you are. If you tell the truth, you tell the truth. And if you're a liar, you're a liar. Right? Um, the, the, there's so many areas within government that us, and I, I call us average Joe Blow Mud punter, um, we don't know enough about what goes on half the time um, and um, and I've never ever ever believed that it's always the Labor or it's always the Liberal or it's always somebody else. Uh, the Independents and the Greens. There's enough. There's enough. There's enough stories in those particular parties and Independents where there there've been people that have done something wrong. There are good people and bad people in every single profession, trade whatever you want to call I have met some fantastic sales reps. I have met some brilliant con men as sales reps. I've met some people that have been terrific as lawyers, and I've met some that have been absolutely abominable. Same for every other per- profession I've worked with over the last 40 years. I don't think politicians are anything different. Do they have an opportunity better than you and I? Probably. Um, but look, forget about the forget about the um, the corruption commission. Do you do you personally believe that somebody that is looking after your and my money, because the state money is our money, do you think somebody in that position should award something worth twenty million dollars to an organisation? within a minister's area and not even her own party is aware that they are having a relationship. Does, that, does anybody that's watching this, I'm asking that rhetorical question. Do you honestly think that that's the right thing? I'm, I'm sorry, corruption inquiry or not, I believe she did the wrong thing. Does that mean that I that I'm happy to see her go. No, there's certain aspects. I, I don't agree with what she did at Parramatta on a number of issues, and I believe between her and Jeff Lee, at, at very least, they misled, and at the worst, they lied to people in Parramatta. right? But that doesn't mean that I don't think she did a bloody good job in COVID. She did a bloody good job in the fires. Overall, I think she did a good job, right? But I can't just excuse, oh, well, we'll just excuse that because she did a good job. If I if I help an old lady across the street, is that okay if I then go and steal your wallet? How does that work?
1: You know? It... Absolutely. You know, that's what I was telling you, George, before that. She has definitely proven to be one of the leaders in Australia who has the ability to lead through a crisis situation. And she has definitely proved to be a good crisis leader. And nobody can take yep. away that fact from her. But again, in this kind of matter, there has been a conflict of interest and a clear conflict of interest when somebody whom you know, whom you're aware of, um, you have indirectly kind of um, not helped him, but indirectly kind of known that situation. Again, as you pointed out that the phone conversation doesn't reveal that, um, but, you know, indirectly there has been a conflict of interest in this case, and that's something which has to be taken care of. Uh, it's they ha- they, she has already accepted it, and she herself came out, out for that resignation after three hours of, um, you know, that message by ICAC on that on Friday afternoon last week. So I think that's also a big thing. You know, accepting your mistake is a big thing, but you cannot go away from the fact that it was a mistake at that point of time, and it should not have been done.
0: And she and she should not have needed anybody to tell her oh, uh, you should have asked him more details to find out whether that's something that you should check in that again I come back to the analogy that's like that's like a policeman saying well look um, um, because you're my because you're my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my son or my daughter um, I don't want you to open the boot I don't care who they are if if you know, especially especially if somebody says to me, oh, let me tell you a story about what I've got in the boot. No, I don't want to know. Okay. <laughs> oh. um, but I'm looking after everybody. I'm looking after everybody's money. I, I, I think it's uh, Nick Greiner. Um, I don't know whether you know Nick Greiner, but Nick Greiner was a Premier of New South Wales. Mm-hmm. And during a reshuffle and trying to sort things out, he was Premier and he, he said to one of the ministers or something, Look, if if we organise for you to get this job over here, will you stand down to let this bloke come in, or, or it was something along those lines? And and the guy said, "Yeah, I will." I don't know. I can't remember exactly now because too many years ago, and I've probably had too many red wines since. Um, he was asked at the he was asked by the commission, "Did you have that conversation with that man?" He said, "Yes." Did you offer him that position? He said, "Yes." Gone. Because you can't do that. Now, Now, there's many a person that will tell you Nick Greiner was a terrific Premier. Of course, anybody from Labor will tell you that he was terrible. Funny about that. But I'm saying with within, within politics assessment in general, a lot of people will tell you he was a terrific bloke. Right? But unfortunately, according to the rules, he admitted that he had Acted inappropriately, yeah. Barry, Barry. Um, um, anyway, our other prim- our other premier Barry, his, his surname, uh, escapes me, at the moment, um, he got done because he was sitting in court and he said he didn't remember, blah 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 blah, um, a five hundred dollar or five fifty dollar bottle of red wine. Now again pretty hard for you to you know like i can tell you i've been given a bottle of grange i can tell you when i was given it i can tell you who gave it to me and i can tell you when i drank it and who i drank it with because it's not often that you get a bottle of grange that's worth 550 bloody dollars to drink yep is that a big lie did it did it mean that he didn't did he he didn't create jobs no 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 he did all of those things unfortunately he broke that
1: one and I think this particular case has also served as an example you know, for other politicians and other leaders within Australia as well, um, that what implications it can have for them if they try to involve themselves in any kind of such thing, even if they are a popular politician, even if they are at the top of their positions, but the law remains the same for everyone, isn't it? So this yeah. is a study model for all those people.
0: Look. Um, probably, probably, um, whatever the whatever the answer is, she she probably doesn't feel so good about the the, the process. But at least people can can be comfortable that that um, nobody is above the scrutiny. Um, which which again, if if, uh, from what I've been told, and I haven't read it yet and I haven't studied it yet, um, and I'm not sure that I really want to stay up at night to do it, but uh, at the right time and place, if I have to, I will. Um, the the federal, federal government's idea for their corruption inquiry, um, number one, it's not retrospective. Okay, so what does that mean? People of Australia, we want to protect you. But we don't want to worry about anything that's happened before today. Let that go. Oh, okay. Um, we have a statute that allows you to go back uh, on invoices six and a half years, on murder charges so many years, on on a break and enter so many years, and this. But something to do with the politician? No, we don't want to look backwards. Don't, don't, no, no, nothing to serve there. Like, you now I would rather. I would rather it be that independent and robust, then then, um, how many of your friends and how many people have you spoken to? Because I can tell you, I've spoken to a heck of a lot of people in business and in the community in general. There is a heck of a lot of people that said, we did all of that commission. We did all the Royal Commission into the banks and all of that. We had people admit that they were taking money out of accounts for things that weren't happening. We we have people that admit the people that were dead were being charged stuff, right? And how many actually got prosecuted, punished, fined, or whatever, right? Now, and the other thing was that the, that commission came up with this brilliant concept. The commission started off by saying that um, mortgage brokers had a conflict of interest because when they're sorting out a mortgage for you, they, they could be getting paid by whoever gave you the loan, and they consider that a conflict of interest, okay? However, if you're employed by a bank and your wages comes from the bank and I come and ask you for a loan, do you honestly think that you're going to tell me to go to the opposition bank because they got a better deal? The the mortgage broker has less of a conflict because if you go one of ten ways, the mortgage broker is going to get paid. See how many people at the Commonwealth are going to say to you, "Sirab, you and George go across to Westpac and get your loan. They got a much better loan." They're not, but that 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 royal commission a didn't take action against people of any substance. B came up with a brilliant idea that the people that were going to get paid for any one of ten people had a conflict, but the person that's only getting paid by one person, by the way, who had copped an absolute banning, they, 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 that was okay. So, do I think it's perfect? No, but I tell you what, I would much rather see that that we can see a premier can be challenged than that the the farce of the and there's a lot of people questioning how that how that ruling came out. That there's a lot of people questioning that royal commission ruling. There's not in that same way. There's not the bias that um, against Gladys, in my opinion.
1: Yep. And I think the main reason for raising this discussion was also to engage with the audience of Sydney today, spe- specifically in New South Wales, so that you know we can try to understand and develop new conversations going on within people and, you know, do become a part of our future podcast sessions as well in which you can raise your comments, you know, your perspective can be right or wrong. But the only thing is whenever, you know, we are sharing something or sharing a perspective, there should be a logic attached to that. Uh, The only thing which really uh, disappoints me sometimes is that we have got a perspective, but we don't have a logic attached to that and that is a blindfolded perspective the moment it becomes a blindfolded perspective you might be guided to any direction and you will not know whether it is right or wrong because you're just copying somebody or you're taking away someone else's comments and that's where is the main problem or why you know some of the politicians also can get rid of um, you know by fooling you by doing anything that's what you have to make your own perspective with a logic to that as to why you feel that you are against that person or you are for that person. you know Maybe that person is not bad, but in that instance, as as in this case, he was, she was not correct, but in multiple scenarios, she was correct, right? So as, as an overall person, you can say that she was able to lead well, but again, she cannot be granted away for this mistake. Any final comments, George, any final thoughts before we end today's daily dose?
0: Yeah, look, Whilst, whilst I'm saying that, that the, the investigation um, should be on the basis of is she right or wrong in this instance, because that's what it's about, let's assume that she is found um, that she has breached the rule, okay? Then you would take into account all the other things that she has done. No different to any other human being. There's people that go to court and they two people can go to court both can be convicted of the same crime but the judge says in the overall scheme weighing up all the sins i'm going to i'm i'm going to i've got a range of penalty that i can use right the police do the same thing we all do the same thing right but but you cannot you cannot say if somebody does one or two things good they are then allowed to do two things that are against the rules. You just can't because the way to do that, I'll go and help five ladies across the street. Then I can take five, five wallets. I can make a business out of this or I'll take one wallet for every five people. That's terrific. <laughs> it's a, it's an illogical, it is
1: an illogical argument. And also before we end today's dos, um, I want to just move beyond this serious discussion And also communicate to, you know, the people who are listening to us from Sydney that Monday is going to be your day, your freedom day. So enjoy it to the fullest. And, you know, this has taken us four months of time to come out of it. And also to those people who have still not got their first dose or second dose. If you have not got your first dose, I must say that your train is running really, really late. And if you have not got your second dose um i think it's better to get your second dose before your friends start start teasing you so get that second dose and as well as your first dose so that we can take that vaccination rate up be- you know beyond 90 percent and we can think of opening our borders as well to other countries and that's what i'm sure each one of us is looking at yeah i agree thank you so much george for attending today's uh, session. session talking because- to you again my friend we hope to see everyone tomorrow. We have very special uh, program for tomorrow for the international students in tie up with the uh, opportunities. Uh, in fact, the J Australia CEO, Aaron, he will be discussing about how to build team building skills and leadership skills while you are working in a team, in, in, in a university or a corporate team. Um, and would definitely love to have you, George. Uh, you can tell me afterwards if you want to be a part of that. <laughs> Thank if you. So get, let let me know what time that's on and I will try and rearrange things to be there. Sure, sure. Thank you
0: so much. See, I have a great day. Thank you. Goodbye everybody.